He's amused Cam Newton. Just ask that question one more time. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. Welcome to a Thursday Drive, WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, which doubles as a Carolina Panthers game day show. The Panthers are hosting the Falcons in their one primetime game of the year. And if you take a peek at the good old weather app right now, you will find what we call in the biz foreshadowing. There's a 90% chance of rain at kickoff in Charlotte, which feels fitting because after the game in Cincinnati Sunday, there's felt like a proverbial rain cloud atop this team all week long and feels like there's a 90% chance of a Falcon win. Oh, but Josh... 11 days ago, Carolina should have beaten Atlanta. And that game was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If DJ Moore doesn't take off his helmet, if Eddie Pinheiro hits in overtime what's an extra point-length kick, Carolina's beaten the Falcons. Now they're at home, Josh. What are you talking about? The mood surrounding the team has changed dramatically since that game just 11 days ago. You're right. It's not that long ago. But a lot has happened. Cincinnati dropped a 40-burger on Carolina. That'll shoot your confidence. A little bit different going into tonight than coming off, say, a 21-3 win against Tom Brady at home. A little bit less confidence, I'd say, in those two scenarios. And what happened after the game Sunday? Steve Wilkes decided it'd be a good idea to start firing some of the assistant coaches. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be the foremost expert on how game planning works as a coach. I just so happen to be your everyday friendly neighborhood triad talk radio host here. But I'd imagine short weeks aren't the best time to replace coaches on your staff especially when it was an interim situation from the start and things seemed to already be stripped down to the bone. There's a chance Carolina's going to be without some more defensive players. We know Justin Burris is out at safety. The guy he's replacing, Jeremy Chin, close to coming back, but he's not going to play tonight. Matt Ioannidis isn't going to go. Brian Burns isn't 100% with a shoulder. So that's not really a good situation to be in for the 820 kick. Also, the bad weather favors the Atlanta Falcons game, not Carolina's. Atlanta is fourth in the National Football League in rushing yards. Fourth. And their best back, Cordero Patterson, didn't play 11 days ago. He's going to be in the lineup tonight. That should make a difference. A lot of running, and that's what Atlanta planned to do anyway. Their weakness is their secondary. Former Clemson Tiger, A.J. Terrell, he's out. Carolina needs to throw the football over the top. And if it's raining, that's tough to do. But I can hear you in your car again. Josh, what about Deontay Foreman? Had three touchdowns against the Falcons 11 days ago. Carolina, they can run the ball right with Atlanta. Okay. Yes, he had three touchdowns in the game. But if you watch that game, 
They set up the run with the pass. Carolina torched that Atlanta secondary in order to open up holes for Deontay Foreman. That needs to happen for Carolina to win. So it has to be you're having a sustainable passing game so that they do not load up the box on you in order for you to have those open holes for Foreman and maybe Chuba Hubbard, who's questionable for tonight's game. That's what needs to happen. But Carolina, with P.J. Walker, a little bit concerning whether they're going to be able to do that tonight given the weather circumstances, given the weather conditions. And then Atlanta has so much more to play for tonight than Carolina does. The better team generally wins on Thursday night football. Went through it. There have been nine Thursday night games. The better team, the favorite, seven and two outright in those games. Speaking of favorites and against the spread and stuff like that, Graham's gambling. Going to be in about 10 minutes. We're going to hand out some winners in just a bit, WD. Tell them to bring me my money. The better team wins in short prep games. Atlanta has their coaching staff together. They have a better record. They're tied for first place in the NFC South, two games better than Carolina. They did win that game 11 days ago against Carolina. Carolina might still be in their feelings about getting blown out the way they did in Cincinnati. We'll see. Hope I'm wrong on that. But you're talking about a 2-7 and seven football team facing a team that legitimately believes they can win the NFC South. I don't buy Carolina believes they can do that. Atlanta 27, Carolina 20. That's what I'm looking at tonight. On Twitter, at WSGS Radio, WD Will Dalton forgot to watch Silence of the Lambs last night. So but. during the day, <laughs> as he's getting ready for the radio show, yep. is what I can't think of a better movie to watch while you're trying to do work simultaneously. And you know what? I finished it literally the second before our show open started. Is that right? It, t- it timed out perfectly. What a movie. <laughs> Can't wait to get to that. At the movies later on. We've also got Wake Forest basketball tickets to give away on today's show. We might have a pair of Wake Forest North Carolina tickets to give away too. We'll tell you how to win those a little bit later on too. So there's a lot for us to do. So glad you're with us. And speaking of basketball, in the first week of the college basketball season, It's highly recommended to take everything you see with a grain of salt, and please do not overreact. Florida State, perfect example. They lose at home to Stetson. Everything's, oh no, everything's screwed up. This is bad. Oh, Lenny Ham, what's going to happen? They didn't have their best freshmen. A lot of guys who are trying to blend together. Stetson actually has some talented players. FSU loses one basketball game. Don't overreact to that. North Carolina fans. Don't overreact to the fact it was a rock fight and you got out-rebounded by a pretty good team out of the CAA to open things up. Duke, we still don't know what it's going to look like with Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead. There were some moments that didn't look so great on Monday night, but most of it was positive. Wake Forest, heard from a lot of Deacon fans. Oh, he was Ty Appleby. Is he really all that? One game. One game that we're talking about. However, there are exceptions to that rule, and in the ACC... Louisville showed us, yeah, that pretty clearly applies to them. What a catastrophe that was. And here's the part that makes it so damning. We all saw it coming. Off air, 
spent some time talking with Luke Hancock, who was a guest on yesterday's show, and he was telling me, <laughs> watch out, Bellerman can win this game. And he was doing halftime on the ACC network, and West Durham was calling the game. We all saw it coming. Oh, yeah, Bellerman, they could come in and win that game. Bellerman's decent. They're not that bad. But if you're at home as an ACC team, you still shouldn't lose to Bellerman. Looking at you, Clemson. Looking at you, Duke. Bellerman goes to both those places over the next two weeks. Louisville lost to Bellerman because Bellerman was the better team last night. That's what was amazing. We'll get to the final stretch in a second, but if you didn't watch this game, for most of it, not an exaggeration, more than half this basketball game, Bellerman was up double digits on Louisville at the Yum Center. The finish was out of control. 67-66 for the final minute 15. That score didn't change for the final minute 15 of this game. Louisville, in that span, missed two field goals and a free throw. Bellerman survived. But the game was also 67-55 to before Louisville went on that run to make it close. You got to remember, this was after losing to Lenore Rhine. Shout out to Hickory. Lenore Ryan, both those games were at home. So if you're a Louisville Cardinal fan, proud program, won a national championship 10 seasons ago. The only two times you've seen Louisville this year under a new coach, a loss in an exhibition to Lenore Ryan, and now a loss at home to Bellarmine. And given where they are, ge- where they are geographically, that'd be like North Carolina losing a game to Central. Or Wake Forest losing a game to a and And you're like, really? Eh. All due respect, by the way. Again, Bellarmine, good team. But Bellarmine should not be ACC teams on their home floor. That should not happen. And this didn't sound very uh, assuring after the game from new head coach Kenny Payne. I just hope that people stick with us. Um, eventually, we're going to get it figured out. I don't know what that means, but I know we're going to get better. We have gotten better, uh, but we have a long way to go, and we started out behind. Oh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means if to you look don't, better. Who does? Oh yeah, I don't know what it means if we're, <laughs> and we have gotten better. Really? <laughs> you know the part where they didn't score for the final five minutes, and we did, but then missed a ton of shots in the final minute. Yeah, that looked great. Maybe he can look down his staff to figure it out. Maybe Danny Manning has the answers on Louisville staff. That was a joke. They're not going to be turned around fast. Other than Jalen Withers on this team, there's nobody that scares you on this roster. They're a bottom three team in the league. Louisville, bottom three team. Georgia Tech, Pitt, Louisville, those are the three teams that just don't see anything of note coming from those teams this year. And Louisville belongs in that group. That's not an overreaction after one game last night. It just isn't. After a 5-3 and three week, we're doing pretty good in the picks. We got a 7, an old 7 to hand out here on the card. It's a segment we call Graham's Gambling, and it's next on The Drive. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Five and three last week. No big deal. Graham's Gambling, where we hand out some winners for you. 
We're four over 500 for the season, 37, 33, and one. So how about we establish a cushion here? That's what I want to do. And to do that, I've got seven. Talking about seven here. Seven-minute abs. WD doesn't know what that's from. Not a clue. You know what's better than eight-minute abs? Seven-minute abs. Let's get into it. If you're not gambling. Come on now, let's talk some money. You're not trying. You are so money. You don't even know it. But you do. Let's play some bets. I'm going to make you rich. This is Graham's Gambling. The movie is There's Something About Mary. And Brett Favre might have the greatest athlete cameo in a comedy ever. You can YouTube that if you want to. WD. Watch Silence of the Lambs earlier. We'll get his thoughts on that later in the show. Let's get into the college picks first. Last week, Duke got robbed of covering against Boston College. That was a bad beat. It was a crime. The Blue Devils were laying nine and a half. That's what we handed out. So what do you do now that Duke's laying nine and a half against Virginia Tech? We double down. That's what we do. We double down Duke minus nine and a half. Virginia Tech's worse than Boston College, in my opinion. And this game is in Durham, not in Chestnut Hill. Duke, they've blown out some teams this year. In Miami, they did so. Against the other team in Virginia from the ACC, the Hoos. They've blown out NCA&T. They blew out Temple. This looks like a blowout to me. No issue laying the nine and a half. Duke wins big against the Hokies. Tell them to bring me my money. Another ACC pick. Syracuse hasn't looked really good of late, WD. Stinky poo. That's the way that Syracuse has played. And now you got Florida State's coming in. Florida State's ranked at the top 25. The Orange, we don't know what quarterback's going to play for them. And they've lost now three in a row. The only sensible thing to do here is to take the Orange, of course. And that's what we're going to do. Syracuse is getting seven against FSU. I'm sorry. Still think Syracuse is a better team than Florida State. It's not just about one position, even though Mike Norvell says he is expecting to play against Garrett Schrader on Saturday. You still got that Sean Tucker guy in the backfield. You still got a really good O-line. And defensively, this team's pretty strong too. This is get right time for Syracuse. They win the game on the field but I take the seven in this spot. Tell them to bring me my money. This might be my favorite college pick of the weekend. I don't love laying points that often, but I will in Lubbock. Guns up. Wreck them. Texas Tech laying three in the hook against Kansas. Here's why I like it. Texas Tech needs to win two more games to be bowl eligible. Looking at their schedule, this might be your best opportunity to get one of them. Kansas is coming into your place and Kansas last week celebrated like it won the Super Bowl because they clinched bowl eligibility and good for them but this is a classic letdown situation with the Jayhawks going on the road now against the team that already beat Texas on this field I had a chance to watch playing against NC State with a second or third string quarterback and they hung around there. They gave TCU a lot of problems last week. This is a difficult spot for KU. Texas Tech 
wins and covers the small number. Tell them to bring me my money. Really conflicted on what to do with Wake Forest in North Carolina. WD, I might actually get your thought on it here. Do you like Wake minus three or the over 77 for these? Uh, I'm taking one of those two. I like Wake to win the game just because that's how these things work. You just got to understand it and follow the program, but over 77. I think that's where I go. Okay. Wake, North Carolina, over 77. Just because North Carolina's defense has looked better on paper they have against Pittsburgh, which isn't a great offensive team, but they still allowed 24 in the first three quarters to that team. Virginia's offense is atrocious. And they still allowed 28. They still allowed 28 in that game. Now you're going into Winston against an upset Wake Forest team that's lost the last two, returning home. I think 50 wins this game. I do. You just and, laid it out for yourself perfectly. Right. There. You right. got it. And, and the last two years, they've exceeded not just 100, but 110. So 77's the number here. That's a lot of points. But we're. We're fearless. Wake, North Carolina, over 77. There you go. Tell them to bring me my money. To the NFL we go. Steelers, not a good team. Saints, not great either. Don't love taking bad teams in bad spots. But the Steelers are at home getting points against a Saints team on a short week. This is as simple as I trust Mike Tomlin more than I trust Dennis Allen. And it's disrespectful to have Mike Tomlin getting points against Dennis Allen, who's also on a short week. Pittsburgh wins this football game. Not even going to get into the why because it doesn't matter. The details, they're insignificant to the fact that it's Mike Tomlin versus Dennis Allen, and Dennis Allen's on a short week, and this game's in Pittsburgh. Steelers win this game. Tell them to bring me my money. Oh, boy, here we go. Trust me. Trust the process here. The Bills are laying three and a half against the Vikings. Josh Allen did not practice again today. I don't care. Buffalo, off the loss against the Jets, will beat the Vikings. It'll likely be more than three and a half. See, here's the thing. If Josh Allen doesn't play, then I'm buying this down to three. It's probably already going to be at three or lower than that. So I'm officially giving out, and if you have to buy it down to three, we will, Bills minus three against the Vikings. If Josh Allen plays, we'll keep it at three and a half because that's the number that we're handing out right now. But Bills are going to win this game against Minnesota. They've been living on the edge quite a bit. Bills minus three against the Vikings if Josh Allen doesn't play in this game. And if he doesn't, you know who starts for the Bills? Who is it? Case Keenum. Case oh. Keenum revenge game if Josh Allen's not able to go. Give me the bills either way. Tell him to bring me my money. Last one. Sunday night football. A game that you can listen to right here on WSJS. Same thing for that Duke-Virginia Tech game we mentioned earlier. The Chargers are playing in San Fran. San Francisco is humming the last time we saw them with Christian McCaffrey and... They're a seven-point favorite at home in prime time. The Chargers, they just came off a narrow road win in Atlanta. I like the Chargers in this spot. 
Chargers covering the seven just because against the spread, the Chargers are 4-0 and as a road team this year. Here's my theory on why that is. They're used to playing road games because they don't play home games. They don't. Their home games, they don't have fans. So it's just a bunch of visiting teams going to a nice stadium and you're having to do hard counts at home. So you go on the road, it's not all that different for you. The Chargers are a pretty good football team. They certainly have the talent to be better than what they've shown thus far. This could be a really good game, so I have no problem just taking the seven points here and hoping for the best. Tell them to bring me my money. Five and three last week, 37, 33 and one on the season. In review, it's Duke minus nine and a half against Virginia Tech. Syracuse plus the points against Florida State. Texas Tech laying a small number against Kansas. Wake, North Carolina over 77. And then the NFL, Steelers getting about one and a half against the Saints. The Bills, we got down to three. Bills minus three against the Vikings. Chargers plus seven at the Niners. There you have it. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Girls do just want to have fun, except when they're lured into the back of a creepy van trying to help some guy with a couch. That's right. Silence of the Lambs. That was the movie WD had not seen before because he hasn't seen any movies that we made him watch. Usually he watches them on Wednesday night. He didn't today. So give me an accurate picture. No exaggeration at all. The movie ended at what time? We get on the air at 3.03, right on the dot. When did the movie end? Credits were rolling at maybe 3.02.56. So the movie didn't end. You didn't watch the end of the movie. Is there stuff after the credits? No, you did not. Are you telling the truth that the credits started to roll less than 10 seconds before we went on the air? Yes. I, I, I literally I timed it perfectly. To where that would be the case. So it's not an accident, just so you know. Okay. I wanted to spell that out just so we can see whether or not this review that he gives sounds like the kid who forgot to do his homework giving the presentation at the front of the room who clearly did not pay attention to the homework assignment or what he was supposed to do. That's why I wanted to spell this out. We'll see what he comes up with. It's time for At the Movies. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At the Movies with Will Dalton. Okay. Will, what did you like about been over 30 years since this movie came out this movie won best picture best leading actor and anthony hopkins even though he wasn't in the movie all that long for leading actor nominees best actress was jodie foster this also won i believe yeah best directing too. best picture it won everything 
won the top awards, five for five sweep. What did you like the most about Silence of the Lambs? Well, I mean, right out of the gate, hashtag go ACC. Clarice went to UVA. That's right. Just like Sarah, Sarah Bradford. Bradford. We watched this movie last night. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in a while. This is one of my favorite horror slash thrillers of all time. And Sarah Bradford hadn't seen it before. So we watched it. We flipped it on last night on Prime. And we'll get to the Panthers game that'll be on Prime oh. tonight in about 10 minutes or so. And one of the first things she points out, I think she gave her credentials at Wake Forest. She, or not Wake Forest, UVA. She did, yeah. Magna cum laude or whatever. She's like, we don't have that at UVA. Uh-huh. I'm like, of course UVA doesn't have that. Oh, it's grounds, not campus. Oh, it's not homecoming. It's homecomings. Okay. We're not freshmen. We're first years. Of course, you don't have those normal terms. So that was a nitpick that she had early on in the movie. ACC legend Clarice Starling. That's right. Uh, the buildup of when she met Hannibal Lecter was really good. The intensity. Not a lot of buildup, though. You don't see, think? it was early on in the movie that we see it. It was Usually early. in horror movies, you run into the villain or the the monster or whatever towards the end of the movie. Usually you would protect. You would shield that person and have like a big moment, a crescendo, before you see the shark in Jaws, which you haven't seen. Or see the the monster that is. Like the first time, it took a really long time before we saw what Mike Myers looked like. In Halloween, those types of buildups in this movie, no. You're right, there was some buildup in the scene. In the scene. In the first 20 minutes or so, you see Hannibal Lecter, and he's part of the movie. So, I'll probably say my favorite part of the movie, the jailbreak scene. That is the best part Where he gets out, and it's it's a long sequence. Like, it's it's not just he breaks out and and eats the dude's face. How calm he was when he had... The club, the way that he hit the cop. Yes. There's that one moment where they tell you his pulse didn't rise above 85. And you just see how calm and collected he is when he does that. Uh And then putting the guy's face on and going into the ambulance. Um, It's just world class. That's that's about... You're right. You pinpointed the right part of this movie. It's the best part. That is the best part of Silence of the Lambs. And it is a perfect... perfect horror thriller because it's only an hour and 54 minutes none of it drags it's not a point at all i can't think of anything that you would just take out oh you nitpick you need to take this thing out there's nothing that i can pinpoint and hannibal lecter that is perhaps the greatest movie villain ever well and 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 he's just creepy just looking at him perfect like can't imagine anybody else playing the role like other than Anthony Hopkins. I hadn't seen the movie up to this point, but I'd seen like pictures of the movie or or stills and screenshots of him playing this character. I'm like, that just looks like a creepy character. Just looking at him. So, nailed it. What didn't you like? Let's see here. Um, The detective hitting on Clarice in the very beginning was kind of cringe. Oh, yeah. Really? Here's my issue with that, though. My issue with that and really Jodie Foster's character of Clarice Starling is this idea as she is written as being this sex object, so to speak, where everybody's like, oh, you, do you think Hannibal Lecter even mentioned where it's like, oh, do you think that this guy Crawford 
he just wants to sleep with you, right. even though he didn't see sleep. Or that guy saying, oh, we don't usually see women that's as attractive as you are, or whatever. Jodie Foster doesn't give me those vibes at all. No. At all. And again, Jodie Foster's fine. Yeah, she is. Great actress. One of the best female actresses ever. As opposed to male actresses. Uh, just not really getting the vibe of sex object, Jodie Foster. It almost seems like if you had somebody... It it almost seemed like somebody else was thought of other than her for this part. Right. She got the part. She knocked it out. She won Best Actress. Deserves it. Wonderful performance. That's what she's going to be remembered for. When the obit comes out one day... Jodie Foster from Silence of the Lambs, also as a younger actor from Taxi Driver, sure. But that's the one part of this movie that didn't really connect for me just because it didn't... She didn't get it done for me in that way. Also, sticking with her character, near the end when she's searching the house uh, for... I forget what the, the victim, the girl's name was. Oh, yeah, the was first like victim. Right, the one that was like down in the... The pit. That wasn't her. That was... She went to the first victim's house, who was already long gone. Uh-huh. Because that was the hint that Hannibal Lecter gave. But when she comes in, and she's like, FBI, you're safe. Don't say that. Don't say that. Or just... Or after, actually, worse off is the girl down in the pit. Maybe don't call her, the person that's about to save you, a B-word. Uh, yeah. Maybe... Yeah. This just I don't give a bleep about that. Get me out of here. Then again, distressing situation that she's in. Best quote. It could it has to be either Hannibal Lecter or Buffalo Bill. All the best quotes of this movie belong to Buffalo Bill or Hannibal Lecter. Which one are you going with? I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that part is the most important part of that quote. <laughs> well, Clarice, have the lambs stopped screaming? Yeah, he had a lot of good lines in this. He did. Buffalo Bill did, too. Is that a size 14? It'll always be funny to me when people do Buffalo Bill. Always. It makes me laugh. Um, he also did... Uh, it rubs the lotion on the skin, or it gets the hose again. <laughs> That's... Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's got a lot of awards, so you would think... Did the audience think that much of it? I'm going to say an 88. 95. Ah. Been at the movies... With the WD, next week, already got it locked in, no question. It's Wedding Crashers. Yeah. That has to happen. It's so far overdue. It is criminal that you haven't seen that movie. Just criminal. So, we will change that. Unbelievable you haven't seen that movie. You did show me the football scene, though. Hot route! <laughs> Hot route! Do people still do Hot Route in Madden? Is that a thing? I, I, not that I'm aware of. Well, then, if you played Madden football from 2000 
three, four, five till maybe 2008 range, as I did, buying all the Maddens every single year. Hot route. Every, everybody knows what hot route means. And that is something I guarantee you the next generation of people, the next generation, my, like my future kids will not understand what that means. Dad, what's a hot route? What does it mean? Well, it's like when you change the route of somebody before the play. At the line of scrimmage, the way that like Peyton Manning, hot route. Oh. 847, 47. Omaha. Chicken farm. Yes. <laughs> this is it. You ready? All right, hold on. All right, do it, do it. All right, listen up. It's The Drive with Josh Graham. Darren Vaught will join us in 15 minutes. That's when we'll answer unusual questions. But this is probably long overdue. We've been sitting on this story for over five months now. The time where Charles Barkley insulted me while complimenting my wife. We were recently married. I think we had been married about a week at this point when we went to the NSMA in Winston-Salem. Dave Gorin and company do an excellent job of running the National Sports Media Association. It's something you should support. It's a nonprofit, a really cool thing. So if you're listening and you have a kid who wants to do what I do or wants to get into sports broadcasting or anything of that sort, NSMA is a good place to go. And you should feel very lucky that you have something like that right in your backyard. And the same could be said about IMG and Learfield, downtown Winston-Salem, too. This is a great spot to be when it comes to the sports broadcasting business. But it brought in some pretty big names. And I had a chance to catch up with Charles Barkley a year after he called me an idiot on TV. And I told that to him, hey, you called me an idiot on TV. Really? What did I say? And I told him, and he goes, oh, yeah, you are an idiot. And he starts talking to my wife. First thing he asks, where'd you go to school? She says, Virginia. Then he looks at me. Where'd you go to school? East Carolina. Oh, so it's clear who the smarter one is. <laughs> You're not wrong, Chuck. He normally isn't. And then we are walking around after the ceremony. And <laughs> BDOT was standing next to Charles Barkley. I wasn't thinking anything of it. And a second later, I look back, and Charles, Sir Charles himself, this is at the Marriott Hotel Bar, the Butcher and Bull on a Monday night in June, is pointing at me and motioning me over. I put this video up on social media. This has been sitting on my phone the last few months. Something I'll just show to friends who might find it funny, because it is. But since it's Sarah Bradford's birthday today, I thought it would be a great opportunity to dig this up and share it with you. <sighs> what Charles had to say when he motioned me over and then put his arm around me. Hey, dude. What are you telling Charles? Hey, 
You all keep your coverage. Don't f that up. Don't, hey, don't f it up. I didn't even know Chuck Curry. Hey, don't f it up. You outkicked your coverage. <laughs> Don't bleep it up. How's that not a drop? Is this about to become a drop? Charles? Hey, you outkicked your coverage. Don't <laughs> f that up. And again, just like what Chuck said earlier, simply by asking where'd you go to school, Charles isn't wrong. Charles nailed it on the head again. And then we just started hanging out at the hotel bar. Charles was there for an hour and a half. Maybe even longer than that. Actually, I know longer than that because I was ready to go to bed and I left. Charles continued to stick around. <laughs> I remember I was given a voucher to buy a drink and I was driving, so wasn't going to use it. I said, I got your next one, Chuck. And I pulled out the voucher. And Charles looked at me. And smiled and said, I'll never forget it. He goes, man, there are a lot of problems in the world today. Not having enough money at this hotel bar ain't one of them. Legend. Forgot what it was. He also said to Sarah Bradford regarding Virginia. Oh, she's, he said to her, you guys stole a national championship from us. Because in 2019... Kyle Guy was fouled with Auburn up two. Three-point shot, and he hit all three. And that's how close Auburn was to go into the title game. And Virginia, of course, beat Texas Tech a couple of nights later in overtime. Charles brought that up as well. So, happy birthday to Sarah Bradford. The brilliant and beautiful Sarah Bradford. Uh and as Chuck put it, and I couldn't say it any better. Hey, you out keep your coverage. Don't <laughs> f that up. I'll try not to. Getting back to the Panthers-Falcons game. Three benchmarks for Carolina win this game. Three WD. Start on the defensive side of the ball. This isn't me doing keys to the game like people will lazily do and give you broad things such as Need to stop the run. Okay, cool. Thanks. What does stopping the run mean? How many yards is stopping the run? I wish they'd be more precise. And that's what we're trying to do here. So if you're watching this game on Prime Video later on tonight and you need areas to focus in on specifically, to hammer in on, these are three that you should circle. Number one, don't let Kyle Pitts beat you. What does that mean? Don't let him in the end zone because the two times he scored touchdowns this year, uh, Atlanta's won both those games, including against Carolina 11 days ago. Don't let him have more than three catches. He can have one, he can have two, he can have three. Not more than three, because in the games he has more than three, Atlanta's won all those games too. So all that focuses on the run, but what happens when they throw? Stop Kyle Pitts. Second, pit, uh, second bit on defense. Punch the ball out. Atlanta runs the ball a lot, but no team in the NFL has more fumbles than Atlanta does. But here's the problem. Carolina is tied for dead last in fumbles recovered, in fumbles forced. So with it being a rain game tonight, that's a pretty important piece to the puzzle. Force a fumble. Win 
the fumble margin. And lastly, P.J. Walker. We talked about it. You need the pass to set up the run. That's how Deontay Foreman has a big day like he did before. 250 passing yards. That is the number. That's the threshold for P.J. Walker. If he gets to that mark and Carolina has one more fumble recovered than Atlanta has of Carolina and Kyle Pitts is held in check, which all these things are reasonable things that could happen tonight, Carolina wins this football game. I think it's a tight one. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I've got Atlanta winning it 27-20, but mostly because I don't see Carolina forcing all these turnovers. And I don't see P.J. Walker having another big day passing the ball, and I don't see Carolina stopping Atlanta over the top in ways that they need to. But if they do those things, then I think Carolina wins it. Okay, Darren Vott's going to join us. We will play unusual questions with Darren Vott on this Thursday. Plus, we've got a pair of Wake Forest, North Carolina tickets for Saturday. And I'll tell you the way that you can win those tickets. We're giving them away in our next segment. We're telling you how. Stick with us when Darren Bott joins us next. My anxiety is jacked right now because I just now realized kickoff for a football game that I'm going to be at is less than three hours away and weather is a factor and 52 slash 77 or 85 is involved in this trying to get into the stadium plus we still got other stuff to do unusual questions in a bit Darren Vott's joining the show now we've got Wake Forest North Carolina football tickets to give away you know what? I'm going to do the lazy thing. Take something off my plate and put it on WD's plate. That's a way to alleviate anxiety. If you want to win those tickets, this is what we're going to do. It's Sarah Bradford's birthday, so every time she's been mentioned on the show, we've played this drop of Charles Barkley doing his thing from earlier this year. Hey, you are kitchen covered. Don't <laughs> that up. Yeah, so that's something that we'll play. And... You, that'll be your cue to call in and win. That's your cue. The next time you hear that, so I'm doing the lazy radio thing of calling number five, or in this case, the first person to call in the next time you hear this. Hey, you are kitchen covered. Don't <laughs> that up. <laughs> that is your cue to win. Darren Vaught, now joining us. Darren. I can't believe you pocketed that sound so long. Like that, that occurred at, nsma stuff and you you've just kind of had it in your in your back pocket where did it happen darren at at nsma stuff where uh-huh. where, uh, where where yeah. specifically was that yeah that's what i'm asking you just asking specifically where that happened the marriott or oh no that was at the marriott in downtown <laughs> winston-salem inside joke marriott versus marriott he's an it idiot rhymes with, it rhymes with chariot Call their their corporate line and that's I'd how they'll pronounce it. I'd say it rhymes with idiot, which is appropriate. Darren, am I going to make it to this football game in time for kickoff? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You you never haven't made. Well, I don't know the answer to that. I think most of the time you make it. Right? Maybe 
maybe because the Panthers aren't so great and weather is a factor, there might not be a lot of people going out to see the Panthers and Falcons tonight. That's a good point. That's, That's my point. hope on the subject. Darren, let's get to Wake Forest because I'm worried about when WD is going to throw this thing in there. What was your initial impression of Wake basketball? And you could send us in your unusual questions at WSJS Radio if you want to. What was your initial impression broadcasting Wake's opener against Fairfield? A lot of Deacon fans underwhelmed by what they saw, but it's amazing how many people, Duke fans underwhelmed, Carolina fans underwhelmed. <laughs> it's the opener. Tomorrow night, they got Georgia, but looking back at Fairfield, what did you think? Well, it's just, it's one of those things where a college basketball fan, obviously getting a win is is central to the effort in a first game of the season. Just ask but it's Florida what, State and Louisville. Yeah, it's but it's it's what all the fans of these teams expect so it's the bare minimum right so they're going to be nitpicking so far beyond that um in terms of wake i just keep in mind this is this is a team that's very much going to come together as the season goes on because it's and you and i have have discussed it both on and off the air josh it's an interesting reload for wake forest i mean you can't forget that they're they're out a couple of guys who are on NBA rosters right now, including the ACC Player of the Year and Alondis Williams. Jake LaRavia was a huge piece of what they did last year, and they've sort of filled those gaps with some really impressive transfers like Tyree Appleby, who didn't have a great game on Monday but really showed what he was capable of in the last 10 minutes or so. It, like he, Appleby – this is his third school. He's been around the block. He's going to be a really good point guard for Wake Forest. He led the Florida Gators in assists each of the last two years. He's maybe the best point guard in Cleveland State's history, and he only played two seasons there as a freshman and a sophomore. I mean, he's he's that good, right? One of One of the best point guards in the country in terms of being an assist man. I was really, really impressed by Andrew Carr in terms of just what he can do inside and out. Uh, he scored Wake Forest's first 10 points. My all ACC pick. He's really good. He And it's a great, it's first time I had seen him in person. I think it's a great call on your part. And you, you prepared me to, to keep a close eye on him. Uh, we didn't see Jawatuka yet, who I think Steve Forbes expects to be a, a, a big piece for what they're doing and and I think is going to expect a lot out of him. Bobby Clintman, the 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 Swedish freshman. Looks he's the part. a nice he's a nice inside out piece. You wouldn't in think the, he's a, a freshman. lot of the same ways. You wouldn't in think a he's lot. a freshman if you look at his build. He just looks like yeah. a dude. Uh in a lot of the same ways that that Wake fans are going to love Andrew Carr. I I think I think Bobby's the same sort of thing. I mean, he can he can shoot it from outside. He was on the tail end of a, a lob pass from from Appleby in transition and threw one down. Um, he's he's got length on defense and gets hands on balls. Uh, he's really good. I, I think. And again, just Davion Bradford, the the seven footer transfer from Kansas State, got into foul trouble early, so his minutes were limited. I think he's going to be productive in the post. Just let it let it all come together would be my advice for Wake Forest fans. And that was not a, a really easy Fairfield team to beat. I mean, I think they're going to be contenders in the Metro Atlantic this season. A lot of transfers from power schools 
for the stags as well. So just, you know, give it some time. Take care of Georgia tomorrow, Wake. 8.30 tip. Georgia was facing Coach Prosser's group. I think Coach Prosser's still at Western Carolina. That was a tighter game, though, than you might expect. Western Carolina going into Athens. So that should be an interesting game tomorrow at the Joel Coliseum. Hey, you are kitchen covers. Don't f*** that up. Pretty good timing on your part, WD. That's why you are the producer that you are. Love you, Sarah Bradford. Happy birthday. Agree with Chuck in that instance, as always. Now let's get to the main course here, and that is unusual questions. Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions with Josh Graham. Okay, Darren. Since WD is fielding phone calls at the second, at the moment, boy, what's wrong with me? 336-777-1600, by the way. First to call in gets those North Carolina Wake Forest tickets for Saturday night. I'll get us started here, and I'll pose the question to you. I bought a new car yesterday. It's great. I enjoy it. I wanted the feeling, and I had never had a new car before riding off the lot, of having that new car smell. Everybody talks about that. And walking out of my garage today, walking into it, I had the feel. My entire garage was filled with that new car smell. It is (laughs) as expected It meets the expectations, which has me thinking. What is something other than this that everybody says is awesome, has such a high bar, and always delivers, always meets the high expectation that people have? Do not say Duke and Carolina, oh, it always delivers. No, it doesn't. (laughs) There are times where those games are blowouts. Ah, that's a, it's a great question. Cause I think it's very few things. I think things this is a always short deliver. See, first thing that comes to mind is Hawaii. I haven't been, but every person that I've never heard somebody who came back from Hawaii say, yeah, it was really super expensive. And you know what? It just wasn't worth it. It just seems like there are places, there are things that meet expectations. The new car smell does. Hawaii sounds like it does. Haven't quite been there yet, so I can't vouch for it. That's why it's not my answer. But things like that, that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a really good question. Um, Anything come to mind for you, WD? I was taking phone calls. What was the question again? I'm busy over here. Clown something show. that meets expectations every time. The way that the new car smell delivers, always delivers. What's something that everybody has high expectations for and they meet those expectations universally? Um, I feel like March Madness always meets expectations. That's a good one. Because yeah, that's pretty good. It gets wild every year and there's always that Cinderella team. No one's ever said after round one. That wasn't very fun. Right. <laughs> right. So that's that's kind of what comes to mind for me. That's a right. great answer. That's good. I'm thinking of like simple slice of life things now. You mentioned new car smell. I'm like... Uh, Cookout shakes? Para- 
like a pair of pants out of the dryer. Oh. Oh, buddy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Like warm clothes out of the dryer. Like that hits hits every time. Hot chocolate when it's cold outside. Uh, oh, actually, I think I got it. I've got preference. I've got something. This sound right here. That sound. What? The sound. Wait, wait, wait. That what? is that is the sound of when your gas tank is full. When that little thing taps off, it is an unbelievable feeling because you know your tank's full. You feel like you can go anywhere. And you got the smell of gasoline, which is great. That sound is a great, satisfying sound. But then again, that might not be high, Mark, because it's underrated in a sense. No one ever talks about it. But that's something that I think about, too. Maybe because I'm car's been on the mind. What do you think about well, that, Darren? I Filling up with gas? Like, I do that. <laughs> Is that the official sound of it? What? I don't know if you're talking about the sound being satisfying or, or having a full tank of gas, which, yes. like, I get it. It's a They're good linked. thing to have. They're linked. <laughs> They're linked. All right. We're getting down the rabbit hole. What is your unusual question, Darren? All right. So if you're on Twitter, you're well aware of a certain individual's new ownership of the platform speaking of cars and elon musk we could say his yeah, name. yeah yeah i well i'll let you do it it's, it's not, fine it's not voldemort we could say his name no it's not i just there are certain people i don't particularly care to give them the shine of everybody knows who i'm talking about we don't need to say it understood so parody because of this new new verified check mark thing pa parodies have come under the microscope right oh We've got some good ones over the span of Twitter being prevalent in sports and otherwise. Do you guys have a favorite parody Twitter handle? So Man, like in sports, I've got a, a couple that come to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. His his heyday has passed, but Faux Pellini Excellent. was it at least for a while was phenomenal. Still active, but just not as good as before there was a john gruden account before john gruden became problematic that was great yeah. in writing in his voice there was a yep. lou holtz one that was excellent too where yeah. it i know people love the, the people love the the sergeant andrew luck or captain andrew luck whatever it is and they've you know tried to copy it with other players at other places braxton um, beverly at nc state got that treatment Right. Out to him. How about how about this for a non-sports one? This is probably my favorite. Bill Nye, though. Are you yes. guys familiar with Bill Nye, though? Yes. T-H-O, though. Excellent. I mean, fantastic. Fantastic. Parody accounts. Usually the Adam Schefter ones can be good. I don't have a specific one in mind, but... I know which one's the worst. Some are bad. Some the Josh Graham parody accounts are pretty bad. Do those exist? Oh, there's, there was one. Where did Josh? What happened to Josh Graham's mom on Twitter? There was that. There what was with that one. Josh Graham, Josh Graham's glasses was an account where people just <laughs> talked about things that I saw that day. That was terrible. And then when fan bases get mad at me, they just take my picture and write their name as if it's my name. And it confuses a lot of people, including me. It's like, did I reply to that? No, wait. That's it's a parody of me that replied to this person 
but it looks just like my account. They recreated my account. There's Pro one most most recent. That's my best case for verification, just because there yeah, are right? a handful of parody accounts. <laughs> There's one called Peyton's Forehead. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good stuff one. like that's good. Remember when Coach K had the incident with the marker? Yeah. And, and there was Coach K's marker was one. Tony um, Bennett. Yeah, Phony Bennett. Phony yep. Bennett is really good too for Phony ACC Bennett. purposes. The, the most recent Bill Nye though tweet. Damn, how much daylight they trying to save? It's dark as hell. Excellent. Like, <laughs> WD, what's your unusual question? Eating cereal dry without the milk. Are you in or are you out? Out. All completely out. Not that I wouldn't do it. Doesn't even depend on the cereal. Just out universally. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Cereal is, a, is pretty exclusively... Need, it needs to be wet. It, it needs. To, I, I can't eat it dry. I mean, I can. I could. I, I just. If I'm going to do that, I would rather snack on something else that is more meant for eating dry. Where do you stand on this? I actually like eating it dry. Weirdo. Because it, it's more. Like I mean, that's crunchy. fine. It's... You get more flavor. You get more you flavor. Get a, yeah, because it's. it's that's not... going to depend heavily on the cereal. You're not getting more flavor out of cinnamon toast crunch. I don't know. And you don't get the experience of drinking <laughs> the milk at the end of the cereal <laughs> that has the cinnamon in the milk. You know what I like doing? I like putting my cereal sometimes in yogurt. Oh, now that's good. That's, no. that's so like so like you're working on with, with like your own parfait sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah. Wait a I minute. Mean, wait not... a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Everybody, calm down. It's good. Hold one second. Hold one second. Need some clarification. How much yogurt and how much cereal are in this bowl? First off, <laughs> are we talking about a bowl? It's a regular cereal cereal bowl that you have. Yeah. And then you have a base of yogurt. And then you, how much cereal? What is the cereal to yogurt ratio? I eyeball it, but eh, maybe two to one, one to one. What are we talking here? That's... Probably two to one. Yeah, think of, think about like Josh. Think about like two to putting one granola. Yogurt. Yeah, two is yogurt, one is cereal. Okay. Think about putting like granola on top of yogurt. Yeah. Think about a parfait, like what Darren said. I'm out. You're not, you're not a parfait guy. You don't like parfaits? No. Pretty good. I don't. That's quite a way to end unusual questions for today. WD. <sighs> no thoughts on that. Darren Bott. No more thoughts on that, I should say. We'll talk to you next week, Darren. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, always, guys. Have fun. Uh, be safe. Get into Charlotte, too.